All right, construction champions, it's your host, Ron Newsbaum, and we're here for another amazing episode where we talk about how you can be the champion that you're meant to be in the construction industry, in life, and in your business every day. I'm here with another fantastic guest here today. Gavin, it's great to have you with us. Ron, thanks very much. I'm really excited to uh, have a chat with you today on all topics health and safety related. Hey, I'm super excited to dive into it as well. But before we get into that, why don't you tell all the construction champions out there a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you're at here today? Um, yeah, so I started off in the construction industry, laboring uh, on a major project that actually happened to be Hewlett Packard um, was building a, a new facility in Ireland at the time. And with that, they brought a lot of health and safety uh, emphasis on the project. And in terms of Ireland, Ireland wasn't really mature in terms of health and safety. So a health and safety officer, a health and safety advisor was never even heard of at that time. So everybody was scratching their head going, well, who's going to do that? And so the finger was pointed at me because I just come out of school and uh, you must be good with paperwork. So uh, we're going to give you the job of health and safety. So you need to turn up to a meeting at 10 o'clock. And that was it. I was hooked. Um, so uh, it was an exciting time because a lot of multinational Americans were moving into Ireland and into the UK uh, and building um, pharmaceutical plants mainly. Uh, now it's all data centers, as, as we all know, that is, is the buzzword. But at the, at the time, the pharmaceutical industry like Pfizer's, it was Warner Lambert back then, uh, GlaxoSmithKline Beecham, they were all expanding um, aggressively in the, in the European market. And I was to the forefront of that with the company that I was with. Um, uh, within the first year of taking the role of health and safety, unfortunately, I had to attend an accident where a young guy lost his life, um, where he fell um, headfirst into a open pit and uh, traveled with him in, in the ambulance and obviously um, experienced a life and death situation, which uh, sort of woke me up a little bit and said, like, you know, this is a serious job. Am I really cut out for it? Or, you know, you know, uh, you need to get the exit door. So I, I, uh, I got a passion for trying to save people's lives based on the experience in that regard. And I also lost a brother who drowned tragically along with two other people um, when he had just finished up school. Um, they were just literally throwing a ball to each other and uh, the sea swept them out and uh, he was drowned along with two other guys. So in around the same period, within a 12 month period, I had the construction fatality and had a personal loss. So it shaped a lot of my um, empathy uh, towards people and towards making, uh, making life um, safe for people. That's an amazing story. And uh, I, I think safety and just that kind of stuff, it, it can kind of be in a sidebar kind of neglected conversation sometimes where it's, we got to make sure we check the boxes. So I'm super excited to have this conversation with you here today. So I'm going to ask the million dollar question, and that is what makes a construction champion? A construction champion in my mind is somebody that is super focused on what they're actually very good at. 
and they know that they can um, add value by taking out the ego of how they apply themselves within the trade. Mm. So you can see a guy who is probably trying to be somebody that he's not or trying to give a persona of something that he's not or she's something that that she's not. Um, um, and I've seen them in, 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 in my experience where their overconfidence is actually hiding a lack of confidence or a lack of ability within their, their own um, discipline. And what I found is the guys that are most comfortable in their own uh, trade and in their own skin and in their own application tend to be the quiet guys who actually can cut through a lot of the sort of noise and give you a very practical, a very reasonable and a very achievable uh, solution because they know what they're doing. And it's more people like that that we were trying that I'd like to we'd like to see, you know, becoming the leaders of uh, the future to bring other people along and not just hide behind maybe a PhD or a degree or a diploma to say, look, uh, you know, I'm more qualified than you because I have this degree or, or, or whatever, like um, experience and qualification is what we're looking for. We're not just looking for one or the other. And you'll tend to find that the leaders will will have a bit of both. Yeah, in some cases, the, the education might not be there, but uh, 30 years experience or 40 years experience in construction with somebody that knows all the ups and downs within their trades. When you start talking to people like that, you know you have a leader in front of you or a champion. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that because we have we bring a lot of guys up. I'm a I'm a I guess you're not a product of the industry. Like I'm not a college educated guy. I was in the Marine Corps, but like I got my experience and my street knowledge from just being out there, from digging the hose and running the company and everything yeah. in between. I I like I love what you're talking about there because so often, especially in what you do. I feel yeah. like we bring in somebody that has, say, uh, a master's degree in safety or like job site management or something like along those lines yeah. and say, hey, you're in charge of all the safety. Well, I think that's when it starts to become that check in the box, because now you have a guy that a lot of doesn't have any experience, doesn't understand what it's like to actually implement the stuff out in the field every day. Yeah you could take somebody from your organization and train them on safety, maybe send them to some of those courses. Uh, yeah. What are your theories on that? What do you, yeah, this is your word or will you operate in where you help guys be safe on job sites? How, how yeah. can we do a better job of that? Well, it's a great question. It's, it's the million dollar question that you just asked. And I don't know that it's, I, I, I have a suspicion that it's not just health and safety. I think it's all disciplines. It's not just health and safety. Um, and specifically to health and safety, uh, what we found is that health and safety is a very broad subject. And so you could go to college and you could get a degree or diploma in health and safety. And that's great. But it doesn't really drill down into a specific industry or a specific speciality within health and safety. And so people think that because you're a health and safety professional that you have all the answers and you simply don't because the answers are you have to extract from the people that you're talking to 
So the the expert welder, the you know the bricklayer, the carpenter, the roofer, you know they're the people that are actually going to feed the the information. And if 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 the health and safety professional is not able to be a conduit of information between the competent person who can actually complete the job successfully and the paperwork that obviously needs to happen in order to make the job safe, then there's a failure on the health and safety side of things. And this has become a problem or a topic within health and safety is that, you know, it's it's difficult enough to try to look at construction industry, for example, as an industry and just focus on construction. But some health and safety people, you know, might be in oil and gas, they might be in power generation, they might be in utilities, you know, there's no real speciality and they, they can they can move from one uh, environment to the other. And uh, it's just the qualification that's getting them where they need to go rather than specializing in a specific topic. So, you know, if you talk to the universities and we do, you know, this is an issue going forward because really what you're looking for is like if you go as, and you, you train as a doctor, you, know, you spend what, five, six years training on the generality of being a doctor and then you say right well i want to be a heart surgeon or whatever else that's not happening in health and safety and so really when people have advertised roles and i would put any money on it that if you go and look at health and safety job roles on any of the job sites it's very generic it's not specific to the environment that you're looking for and you know, I'd, I would encourage any employers or any business owners that are listening to the podcast, you know, when you're actually thinking about taking on a health and safety person, how long have they worked in the industry? What value have they added to the industry? Are they involved with other trade bodies within the industry that they've, you know, um, signed up to in terms, of, in terms of memberships and stuff like that? And can you talk to some other peers within the industry that may have come across that health and safety person that can sort of give you some background whether the person can apply themselves correctly within the industry or not and um you know I, I don't think that's unique to health and safety i think that's that's happening in some of the other disciplines as well but health and safety in particular has never really been drilled into uh, a specific role and i think that's a there's a body of work to be done there yeah i i i agree with that where we talk about how it's just kind of a general role it's something where it's there's no real, hey, I specialize in construction or I specialize in this, where you just said people can just kind of get by with their certifications. Yeah. yeah. And, and, how- and then, sorry to cut across you, Ron, but then what happens is they sort of mumble their way through the role and mm-hmm. they're, they're actually taking time away from the people that are competent uh, on the job because there's, well, how? How, how are you doing that or why are you doing it that way and and then they don't want people to think that you know they don't know what they're talking about so they then come up with this kind of persona that they're very confident and they know this job inside out and I have this job hands down and in other cases um, we found where people kind of become sort of um, dogmatic in their approach so they kind of bark and shout at people uh, you know roaring and shouting and giving out to them uh, but it's really only a cover up because they're not really sure exactly what's going on. So it's kind of like, well, if I roar and shout, people will stand up and listen to me more. And then I don't I won't be challenged. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that in, across the board, 
but I'm saying people would probably listen to this podcast and go, I know that I've actually had a, 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 an experience where, you know, I've had that person in front of me where they were barking and shouting, you know, but it was, it was more of a case of, of that person's own lack of confidence in their own ability. And they had probably fallen into this role. And this was a very important role to them because number one, it's a big job. Number two, it's a big company. Number three, the salary scale probably went up. And so they'd feel that they have to deliver. And so, you know, I think we need to be very conscious as as an, as a employers, business owners and health and safety people that, you know, the job needs to be fit for purpose for the individual and for everybody involved. And, you know, if if you get a, a poor hire, it's going to cost you money, it's going to cost you morale and people will switch off the mindset of health and safety. They'll bring it down and say, look, I'm not listening to that person because, you know, I don't respect where they're coming from. And that's you know, that's, that's not the individual's fault. They're just want to, they just want to get on within their career. So I, uh, I suppose where I'm, where I'm circling back to is the due diligence and the hiring process has to be so on point, you know, and if you're not fully comfortable, bring in other peers that you, that, you know, friends or business owners or other uh, colleagues uh, uh, and do two or three interviews. You don't have to take somebody on, on the basis of, you know, I need someone right now because I've got this big project going on. And, you know, you know, out of the 10, this person will have to do because, you know, there's a shortage of health and safety people, as we all know, globally in the market at the moment. And it, uh, it can damage a business if you don't pick the right hire, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's for any role. As you grow a business, making sure that you're you're making the right hires out there. What what's your opinion on taking somebody that you have and helping educate them on the health and safety aspects of things uh, as you continue to grow your business and grow them in that role instead of bringing somebody outside that might not have any of that knowledge from uh, yeah. the construction perspective? What do you, what's your thoughts on that? So number one, uh, we're always we always love to see a organic uh situation occur within a business so ron works in construction and he's just started and he's maybe two or three years into the business and uh, ron's got a bit of a flair for health and safety because he's after spotting a few things and he's 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 always conscientious when it comes to picking up some hazards within the workplace let's go and have a chat with ron and see you know does he want to pursue that you know, and this is the thing that I think where, where, where we kind of fail is because construction is so dynamic and so fast paced. Sometimes if you stand back and go, do you know what? There's other qualities within people that we have here that we could have, we could utilize and maybe push them forward. And maybe, you know, carpentry was never really their forte. They just fell into carpentry, but they actually have a, a flair for health and safety. We love seeing the ecosystem of people you know, transferring into health and safety from from within the business. Um, but how do they get support and how do they get mentorship? There's a couple of different ways you could do that. You can bring in a consultant on a part-time basis who can, you know, work on the systems, work on the, the higher level strategy stuff. And as well as that mentor, the individual that is probably going through the training uh, as a part-time course or whatever else while they're working with yourself within the business. So you can create a sort of, uh, that sort of a conveyor built uh, approach where you're we're bringing people through. And as well as that, these people have the respect of their peers 
of their work partners and co-workers within the business um, and they know how the job is done and they know the people and they know the culture and it, th- that's a massive fit uh, it's, it's one of the biggest things if you can get somebody that you know is in, enshrined and has the best interests of your business at heart they're the people that have been within your business already if you bring somebody from outside in you got to be sure that they don't bring bias into the system so they don't bring their own bias that they had in the previous company because we all hear the stories. Oh, well, when I was in my previous company, we never done that. And, you know, I can't understand why you're doing it this way and you should change it and do it this way. Uh, now that person's changing the culture. Now they're changing your systems and now they're changing morale within the business. And that can be a cancer uh, in terms of trying to move forward as a business. So there's a very, very fine balance between you know, finding the right person, integrating that person into your business and making a success of that person when you're in business, but also having a convertible system where you can, you know, make us, um, you know, highlight people within your, you're in your own business that maybe have a flair for health and safety and maybe have a, have, a, have that conversation with them and say, Hey, have you ever thought about health and safety as a career? You know, you, you keep on bringing up all these issues. We think you've got something and we'd like to explore that with you. You know, and that's that's a that's a conversation that's not been had enough within construction industry in, in our experience. Now, when you talk about it, my own company, we contract in health and safety people. That's what we do. We're a contracting outsourcing placement service where you've got a project. And we put two or three of our guys on the project. So what do we do as a company? We have a peer to peer process. So. Our guys would upload, say, for example, documentation onto um, one of our systems. And then all of our guys from all around the, the different projects around the world would look at that document and critique that document and say, hey, why did you use this scenario when you could have used that scenario? Why are you using scaffolding when you probably could have used a MUP? You know, have you thought about this and have you thought about that? So now you're starting to get a peer-to-peer process. And there's not many companies doing that as well where we're trying to transfer the knowledge of the senior guys and to spread that knowledge across our teams so that there becomes a consistency of approach so that you don't have the conversation of, well, one of your guys already said that it was all right to do this, but another guy is saying it's not okay to do this. And now there's a confusion. And now we're back to, well, who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. One thing I know for sure is that you don't want confusion when it comes to the safety on a job site. Uh, there's already enough stuff to worry about. Uh, the last thing you want to do is be creating a rift between yes. the work yeah. being done in the safety protocols because it can all work together. Everybody can work together. It takes collaboration and it takes a mindset of that in order yes. to get to where we want to be. A hundred percent, one hundred percent, and we're all here for the same goal. We're all here for the same reason. Um, and people have bad days like you have to accept that and you have to accept that people have personal issues going on outside of work and not everybody is bringing their a game uh, you know uh, uh, when they come to work and you need to be aware of that and everybody needs to be aware that you know we're we're human we're allowed to go up and go down we just need to make sure that structures and the culture and the the um, you know the teamwork that is there that you know when there's when there's a bad day you, you you should be able to say to your co-worker look i'm having a great day and having a bit of issues at home you know uh 
I'm sorry if I'm a bit, I'm a, if I'm a bit, a bit odd today or whatever else. Like half those conversations, don't be holding it up. And you know, construction industry has a, a lot of mental health issues uh, within the workforce. And you know, I think it's a topic that's highly talked about. Um, it's another podcast for another, another day in terms of my um, opinion on that. But uh, to there's a good opportunity to improve people's mental health if people are talking and uh, maybe we, as blokes, as guys uh, in particular, we don't talk enough um, about uh, personal issues. Uh, you don't need to know everything, but we need to know when, when we're not, when, when we're not fully performing, because if we're working in a hazardous environment, you know, you should be able to put your hand up and say, look, I don't think I'm, I don't think I've got the right headspace today for this maybe leave this job off until next week or till two days time or three days time, or maybe get some one of the other guys to come in and do it on this occasion. That's, you know, if someone came up and said that to me as a health and safety professional, I would, you know, that's a superstar for me. That's a person that goes back to what we were talking about, the construction champion. That's a champion for me. That's a person that actually, you know, knows their own limitations um, and knows their own boundaries. I love it. It has been a fantastic episode. I think we touched on a lot of amazing things when it comes to health and safety in the construction industry and what those standards are. So if any of the listeners out there wanted to get a hold of you or connect with you, where's the best places to do that? So um, just as a plug, we might as well look at um, workplace safety on a budget is on amazon.com. Um, it's a leading category seller within the construction category for um health and safety so basically we wrote the book for small business medium business and large enterprises to dispel the whole uh, mindset from some people that you need to spend a whole lot of money on health and safety in order to keep your employees safe that's not the case you can be very smart with your money so um uh, one of the leading lean uh, experts who works for toyota actually gave us a review a highly uh impressive review on the book in terms of you can be very safe without having to spend a fortune on it so that's workplace safety uh, on a budget on amazon.com uh, you can get in touch with us on gavin-coil.com where we have free webinars uh, free courses and we have low budget courses to get as much information out to as many people as we can and then coil-group is the parent company that's provides contractors and strategic advice. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on Construction Champions today. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, Ron, and you're doing a great job. I love the podcast. Awesome. Thank you. So all Construction Champions out there, this is a great opportunity to look at what are we doing for safety on a job site? And does it make sense or does it not? Are we bringing in people that don't understand our day-to-day -day operations or what it's even like to be on a job site? Or are we bringing people up through the industry and then giving them the tours to be able to go do this stuff on a daily basis? You know, it's not a one-fit solution for everybody. 
So what's amazing about bringing guests on the Construction Champions podcast and having these conversations, because we have an ability to be able to look at it from an objective standpoint in what works in your business. Does bringing in a consulting company or does bringing in somebody that has went to school make the most sense for your company? Or are you forecasting in the future as you continue to grow and say, hey, I can bring somebody up right through the ranks. And when the time comes to have this person on payroll, they're there and you trained them. They know your culture, they know your company, and they know what to expect. So champions, it's a great opportunity to look in the mirror Think about what you're doing that's working and what's not. Because the last thing you want to do is have an issue on a job site that leads to the worst case scenario of fatality. So let's be safe out there. Let's put the right stuff in place so we can be safe. And until next time, be the construction champion you were meant to be.